0: My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here.
1: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is episode number 109 of Purple Mafia, and today is Tuesday, January the 24th, 2012. Great to have you on board with me once again. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. I am, of course, your host, Joey Weijen, or Paladino Joey, Dylan Richardson, the uh, creator and executive producer of thesportstuff.com. so kind enough to introduce me at the start of the introduction of this show. Great to be back once again, guys. It was uh, well, we were really, really looking forward to the final four, or you know, the conference final games this past weekend. And my God, did they not disappoint! Oh my God, did they not disappoint! It was absolutely amazing. It was an absolute thriller. For all of us fans of the NFL, okay, our Vikings were not in it, and that sucks. But at the same time, hey, regardless of who was in the game, it was fun. I mean, you got to admit, it was a lot of fun. It was was worth the quote-unquote price of admission. I mean, it really was. It was worth turning on the TV set and watching football this past Sunday. It was absolutely spectacular. Well, there's a uh, lots of stuff with the Vikings. Well, not lots of stuff, but there's some stuff for the Vikings to get to. But in general today, yeah, I mean we're gonna review the conference final games to best of my ability. Or I'm going to re, we're going to, you could say, uh, <laughs> um, and of course we'll get to the activity on the Facebook page, the Facebook, uh, yeah, the Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash PurpleMafia show like and or follow those respective pages or accounts that'd be great to have you on those we do have a voicemail or phone line 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 as mentioned it is a voicemail so do treat it as such mention which show you are calling in for which of course in this case is Purple Mafia. shout out, comment, question, whatever it is, it'd be also terrific Sebastian Balls Making his grand return to Purple Mafia, that's right, he called in again, back-to-back weeks, very, very cool, thank you for that, Sebastian, we'll get to that call very, very first here, pretty much, lots of stuff he gets to, mostly Viking-related, some draft-related, briefly a little bit of the uh, conference final-related, but, yeah, we're going to start with the call, we'll get to the page, and, uh, yeah, Facebook page, and Twitter uh, interactions, I forget if there were many, maybe a couple, not much, uh, looks like mostly Sebastian here for the Facebook page. <laughs> so, missed you guys out there. Maybe you're sick of the Vikings a little bit. But, hey, you can always talk about the other games. And if There is a stadium issue that's floating around. We're going to talk about that. Then we'll, of course, go to break. Uh, and then it'll be off to the, yeah, it'll be off to conference final review and Super Bowl preview. Should be a very uh, <laughs> information-filled show. Yeah, in translation, it could be a little bit long that again. I hope you like it. Seems like you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, The show is doing better than it did earlier in the season, or yeah, back when the Vikings were playing, so kind of funny when you think about it. And to those of you out there that are listening to the show and making it do better than it was a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and all that stuff, thank you. Thank you very much. And quite frankly, you fans out there get this week's Gold Star. That's right. That's. <laughs> I don't like to be overly uh, general like that, but hey, in this case, you guys deserve the uh, <laughs> the Christian uh, the Christian Potter What am I talking about? You guys deserve the gold star. Yeah, Christian Ponder is no gold star right now, but no, the fans in general deserve a gold star because the you know the numbers last week were a lot better than they've been in quite a in at least a month. So thank you for that, guys. Even though it's minimal Viking coverage at this point in time. I mean, there's some, and there's always something going on. And, of course, yeah, I mentioned, about yeah, the stadium and all that good stuff. We're going to get to that later. Yeah, well, nah. yeah. Do you want to? Okay, we will. Yeah, okay, here's Sebastian.
0: <laughs> hey, Joey, Sebastian again. Um, I was going to start out by talking about our beloved awful Vikings of this year. Um, Would you... Think it's a better idea to draft a corner instead of Khalil in the first round, and take free agents to fill up those offensive line gaps because those are people who have experience in corners we could actually use. With Antoine Winfield gone, Chris Cook sucks, Cedric Griffin sucks, Asher Allen sucks. We could, i mean like, we could find people there too and draft them. But all I know is we need new corners also, and I think we're overlooking that in our show, in your show. Nobody's really brought it up too much. We talk about safety and all that, but corners also get burned pretty bad. Um, Do we sign or draft a new kicker? Because Ryan Longwell did miss quite a few this year, and he has really lost some power in his leg, in my opinion. Other people say otherwise, but, yeah, I really don't think he's that great anymore. Um, Let's go on to the playoff game. I just watched Ravens kicker feel bad for him, Cundiff. Lost the game for the Ravens, Could have tied it up. That's got to feel awful. If I believe I'm correct, the last time he missed a field goal was in Minneapolis, and I believe I posted on that. It's a pretty good game on nine, but Favre. And we actually had a decent team. But I digress. If you were the Colts head coach, um, would you keep Peyton Manning, if you took Andrew Luck. And the other part of that is, if the Colts were to pass up Luck, who would take him? I don't think St. Louis would because they have Sam Bradford. Maybe they would. You never know. And do you think we would with Christian Ponder? And at the moment, I'm watching the Giants game, 7 nothing, Sam Fran. left in the second quarter, second and five. Pretty good game. And can you touch base on the new coaches that we have? It's pretty awesome. Former Indianapolis coaches that won the Super Bowl with Leslie Frazier while he was there coaching. And thanks for having me call in my second straight week. Bye.
1: And I thank you for that call in. Sebastian, welcome back to Pearl Mafia, back to back weeks for Sebastian Balls, very much appreciated, thank you also very much for that again guys, I encourage you, please call into the show, it's more than worth it nothing to be shy about, Uh, heck even if you were to call and like yeah, because it's being recorded, right, it's not live so even if you were to call and like make a mistake you can always just tell me, hey you know, like post on the page or or whatever to me, something, just say hey just take the second call, or you can even give me a personal message, Joey Awajian on Facebook or whatever Just, uh, yeah, take, only use the second call. You know, you just hang up and start over. It's not that, it's not anything to be shy about. It's okay, it's just one of those things. Or, obviously, like, yeah, you can just kind of say it on the message, too. Like, oh, don't do this one, do the one I'm going to call, I'm going to call right back here in a second. You can just do it that way, like, say, if you don't want to put it in front of the page, in front of other people. But, I mean, it's happened multiple times with multiple people in the past, so... It's it's okay. There's nothing to be ashamed of. No reason to be scared or anything. It's just great to have you on the show. Sebastian bringing up a ton of points here, and with no further ado, here we go. (laughs) The court, that was awesome the way you said that, though, Sebastian. I mean, the whole, (laughs) Sarah Griffin sucks. (laughs) Asher Allen sucks. Chris Cook sucks. And so so on and so forth. Yeah, they do. Um, And, no, I understand how you were saying that we didn't really... uh, we didn't really address this on the show very much. Uh, I believe that's how you said it. Uh, yeah, I mean it was just yeah it was overlooked. There we go. Excuse me. It's been overlooked a little bit on the show with the uh, the corners, the weak corners, weaknesses. How oh, we did cover the safeties, but not as much with the corners. Yeah, I mean I think I addressed it a little bit. I kind of would say the secondary in general is probably the you know about as big of a problem as anything. But hey, yeah, I probably was harder on the safeties than on the cornerbacks. So. So I can understand your point a bit there. Yeah, and my my question, too, would be if you don't like a Claiborne. I remember you said that last week. So, I mean, yeah, that would I would think you mean draft Morris Claiborne. And then it's like, well, but uh, but I remember last week you said you don't like him. So, and again, this is, this is no shot or rip or anybody or, or anything. I'm just wondering who would you like at the at, at the pick then, ultimately. Uh, if it's not Matt Khalil, do you want Claiborne? Do you want Khalil? Do you... Is there another cornerback that would fit your that would fit the third overall pick? I'm I'm not sure there is. That's just my approach, though so, addressing the position. Oh yeah, let's let's get our butts in gear and start addressing that position. That would be very very nice indeed, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it would be a really good idea for the Vikings to address a lot of things. A lot of uh, a lot of things indeed. It's there are so many holes on this team. It's un believable. Um, you know, uh, you, you just want to look at free agents and multiple positions here. Uh, you got the, the offensive line, you got the kickers, you got everything. Well, maybe not the kick. Well, you brought up the kicker. I'll get to that here in a second. Um, in fact, that's really the next topic. You were talking about how uh, the kicker, uh, that, of course, being Ryan Longwell, his his kicking is not the best you were saying. It's kind of like one of those deals. I mean, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wouldn't mind keeping him. You're saying his range is kind of going away. I think it's okay, but mm, I can kind of understand. We'll we'll kind of see how things go there when it comes to that. We we will. It's uh, you know, there's there's lots of uh, there's lots of positions out there available. Uh, Finnegan is a guy I like from Tennessee, of course. When it comes to the cornerback, Brent Grimes is available. Tracy Porter out of Nolens is available. Terrell Thomas from the Giants course, he's obviously still there. He's probably going to get another ring. Um, there's players out there that are okay. Finnegan seems to be one of the more attractive ones. I remember Will Allen was like a, a draft pick a while ago that people would have liked him. He's a, he's from Miami. Eh, he's not really anything too many people are too excited about. He wouldn't he wouldn't really be an upgrade over what we already have, really, would he? So, it's one of those deals. It's like, oh goody. So, defensive back, yeah, I mean, I Defensive back, cornerback really is what you were trying to say. We're overlooking the cornerback position. We'll see. We'll see. I mean I I think it'd be worth uh yeah, I mean we we gotta do anything and everything we can in cornerback. It's it's really a joke. Kickers, well you got Jay Feely, Mike Nugent, Neil Rackers, that's an attractive one. Josh Scoby's been good in the past, Ryan Suckup is a restricted one out of KC. He was doing bad and then all of a sudden he was doing good. Ryan Suckup it uh, looks like right now, though, as of right now, Ryan Longwell is still a uh, still signed with the Vikings. So, if if I'm correct, I'm not seeing him as a free agent or anything. And uh, I, I you know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you know, I I don't think he's a free agent this year. Um, from my knowledge, if he is, um, uh, forgive my <laughs> forgive forgive my mistake there, but I don't think he's a free agent yet. Maybe it'd be maybe it's next year that we're getting mixed up here. It's so, it's just one of those things. But, um, you know, hey, Neil Rackers would be my top choice out of that group. He's been fantastic for the, uh, for the wonderful, oh, the also so wonderful uh, <laughs> Houston Texans. I mean, yeah, he had a heck of a year, honestly. He did. He did. So, we'll just kind of leave that as is at the kicker position. Uh, should the Colts keep manning if they were to draft luck? Like if I was the coach, right? That's what you said. If I was the coach what i uh, keep manning if i was to draft andrew luck <sighs> that th- it's kind of a catch 22 because manning apparently in a recent interview is just kind of like not doesn't exactly sound the most cooperative guy in the history of the world should the uh, colt's take andrew luck the colt's have to take andrew luck they they have to they have to like the whole regards of the guards are passing on him no the colt's have to take andrew luck i mean yeah Peyton manning did win the colt's the super bowl uh, and he's been a great quarterback. He, he's, he had the longest streak, and uh, second longest uh, consecutive streak of all time behind Brett Favre, had he not had this neck surgery and deal. Who knows? Maybe he would have caught Brett Favre eventually. Eventually, depending on how long he played. Um, but no, he missed the entire season, and when you put the words neck and injury in the same sentence, neck and surgery in the same sentence, I'm sorry, but for the good of the franchise, for the better of the franchise... Can you keep (laughs) Peyton Manning at 35, 36 and say, uh, you know, we're just going to keep building around Peyton Manning rather than building for the future? Especially when it's this supposed can't-miss quarterback in Andrew Luck. Supposedly when it's one of those seasons where it's suck for luck because Luck is that good. Andrew Luck is that good. You have the lucky horseshoe, you know. Yeah, the lucky horseshoe with a coal. See, Luck, lucky horseshoe. Hey, that's a nice sales pitch. Maybe the Colts will pay me a little bit for that one. You know, for that idea. Yeah, luck—the lucky horseshoe. Hey, hey, there you go. Maybe they'll get lucky and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, enough of that. But <laughs> it's kind of a cool fit, though. It, it, it is. I mean, you got to admit that's kind of a that's kind of a cool fit, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> If Andrew Luck was to get cast them, because, yeah, I mean, you're right about the Rams have Sam Bradford and everything, and they wouldn't want to take Luck and, and like, create this PR, uh, you know, bloodbath in St. Louis. Sam Bradford hasn't exactly been that great, though, to be honest. It's, it's like, you know, it'd be a thought should the Colts be stupid enough in and passing Andrew Luck? But, yeah, should the Rams also be stupid? And, well, maybe not as stupid, but because mm, they have a future quarterback, but, you know be, you know, equally hesitant to take uh, Andrew Luck, if he was available to the Vikings, oh yeah yeah, absolutely Christian Ponder, well, I'm sorry but it ain't happening, buddy (laughs) 12th overall pick sure, good, but (laughs) I'm sorry I would take the chance but if it was any other quarterback in the draft, Christian Ponder, Joe Webb Come late July, early August, here's the football, beat each other. Go out there and win the job. End of story, end of sermon. You're both 50-50. Opportunity to win the starting job for the the Minnesota Vikings in 2012. Because that's probably what's going to happen. I don't think Andrew Luck is going to slide down to third. But I guess stranger things have happened. Oh, Reggie Bush, the greatest running back of all time. He's going to pass everybody. He's going to be the best running back ever. Yeah, just like Herschel Walker. Whatever. He's just another Herschel Walker. And no, I know when I use that word, it's like, oh, you didn't trade like three million picks for him. Well, the Saints did trade three million picks for Williams, but that's a whole other story, Ricky Williams. But I'm just saying, he is like a Herschel Walker. He's more of a special teams type of guy, to be honest. Now yeah, probably a little bit better, Herschel Walker than Herschel Walker, but again, like Herschel Walker, is he is Reggie? Is Reggie Bush the best running back in the league? Not even close. <laughs> no. So it, it's just one of those things. Sometimes a guy is projected to be the greatest thing ever, the greatest thing since sliced bread, the greatest thing since the doggone wheel. You know, the greatest. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and they're not that great. You know, they're good, but they're not that great. But I'm telling you, yeah, if it was luck and Ponder, uh, I'll take luck. Yeah, I'll just take my chance with luck, see what happens. The Vikings need a little luck. You know, they need to, like, go out there and actually make a playoff run that ends with some hardware. That would be nice, just once. Alan Williams. Will you address Alan Williams, the whole coaching staff? First and foremost, the new defensive line coach. I know nothing about him. I have no comment. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I know nothing about, I believe his name is Daly, I have no comment, I don't know anything about him, I haven't done any research yet on him, and when it regards to Alan Williams, again, an obscure name, luckily he's fairly young, like Mike Tomlin was when he first came in here, he was a defensive back coach with Tampa Bay, thus the Tampa 2, and the Tampa 2 thing with Alan Williams, well, that's great, we'll see what happens there, Maybe the secondary will get better under his tutelage, we hope. Um, we hope he's more aggressive than Leslie Frazier was as a defensive coordinator. That was my disappointment with Leslie. Clearly not as good a defensive coordinator as Mike Tomlin and very obviously not as good of a head coach as Mike Tomlin either at this point in time. You need a guy who's a little more aggressive. I hope Alan Williams is that. Kind of hard to tell with a 2-14 and team. And yeah, they were better a couple years ago. But the other tell, the other thing with Alan Williams, yeah, he's he's fairly young at 42. That's pretty young. I mean, th- that's a baby for a coach. You know, coaches are generally older in their 50s or upper 40s. You know, 42 is still a baby, folks. Um, Alan Williams, though, here's the tell, and Dan Barrero of KFAN brought it up. You know, he brought it up, and, you know, it's uh, something that definitely deserves attention here when it regards to this guy. He held the same exact position for 10 years. I mean, that's a long time to be stuck in the same position without any type of advancement. There's usually a reason why somebody does not advance. There's usually a reason why um, certain quarterbacks do don't start because they're not. They just they never seem to win a starting job, despite the fact maybe yeah, like a Sage Rosenfels. Like why did he never start? You know? Why did he never start? Was it all just bad luck and getting overlooked, or did he just not deserve to start? Well, um, or Tavares Jackson too, like, well, yeah, he is starting. That's a joke. That's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of a joke. I'm not even going to go there with that one, but there you go. I mean, that's a question that deserves to be raised. Will Alan Williams go out and prove us wrong? Hey, guess what? I hope so. I hope he kicks absolute butt, and I hope he's as great a defensive coordinator as you can you can have. And if Leslie Frazier falters, there's your guy. Bada bing, bada boom, maybe he's the next good head coach. But, hey, right now, if I'm a betting man, uh-uh. I would, um, and the other thing is, too, that I'll bring up real quickly, and close to close on the whole assistant coach deal and close with the uh, the phone call with uh, Sebastian, that was absolutely fantastic. Great takes, got me going, gets me going, gets the engine running. Thank you very much. You know, getting these, these call-ins get me going, and makes the show better. As you can tell, it does. More energy, more involvement, more interaction. It feels more alive. 209 736 7877. So, yes, to get to the point, to close the whole thing. Well, I was wrong about Steve Spag- Spagnolo. <laughs> Steve Spagnolo, New York Jets defensive coordinator. No, not so fast. Apparently, uh, it's like the report was pretty much like he was going to go there. Looks like he's going to go there. Apparently, he didn't. Uh, Greg Williams did leave the uh, New Orleans Saints to join Jeff Fisher with the not-so-good St. Louis Rams club to try to get that team on the right track. Greg Williams and Jeff Fisher. Well, Jeff Fisher and Greg Williams with the St. Louis Rams. Well, we'll see if that pretty doggone uh, powerful coaching staff can get things going over there in the City of Arches, the city that's uh, all you know, kind of high on the crime rate, unfortunately, (laughs) but yeah, that didn't have anything to do with anything, I just said it, because it's just fact, I guess, unfortunately, but, um, (laughs) and I apologize out there, those of you, nothing against the city, it's just, yeah, Minneapolis can be high on the crime rate, anybody can be, you know, places you'd never expect can be, so, just, whatever, anyhow, um, it's, (laughs) It's been, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if that team can finally develop. I thought Steve Spagnuolo would be more successful as a head coach, and that team didn't progress a Galdurn thing at all. Not progressed an inch under Steve Spagnuolo. They did not progress an inch under Scott Linehan. They continue to hire uh, highfalutin coordinators. This time they hire an established head coach. Uh, So here we go. We'll see what happens. We will indeed see what happens with that. With that said, trying not to cough myself to death, Steve Steve Spagnuolo replaces Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator in Nollins, New Orleans. The good old Saints have a chance to stay pretty good for a little while. Steve Spagnuolo to New Orleans, it's a good combination. It just is. That's an unbelievable replacement. Yeah, you lose Greg Williams, who is an unbelievably good Defensive coordinator and replace him with a Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator. You lose a Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator, replace him with another. So, a very deserving Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator. Amazing that Greg Williams has never been offered a head coaching job, to my knowledge. In fact, maybe he has, but uh, he was a very high-paid defensive coordinator with the Washington uh, Redskins a a while ago, the highest-paid coordinator in the league. So I guess he's fairly happy at the position, and he's been pretty doggone successful as well. So with that, thank you again for the call, Sebastian, you are terrific. Thank you oh so very much. We're not going to go to break yet. We are going to, uh, well, we're going to get to work here with the, uh, the page, then we'll talk stadium. Yep, it's mostly Sebastian. In fact, I think it's all Sebastian yes it is, good stuff though nothing wrong with anything he really had to say at all uh, he says Sean Hill episode 108, you forgot what his name was you're correct, Sebastian, Sean Hill that's who was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers under uh, the good old uh, Mike Stingletary who I thought was an okay coach there but apparently not, considering a success rate of Jim Harbaugh versus Mike Singletary in a matter of a year, unbelievable difference ridiculous difference uh, Sebastian again posts. Well, he says, "Well, they're all Sebastian." So I'll just, yeah. And I, I miss you guys out there. Please post if you can. The Chris Tuckers, the uh, Dan Taylors, all of you are very terrific. By the way, no interactions. I repeat, no interactions on the Twitter account. And I didn't tweet during the games. I do apologize for that, guys out there. I was just way too into the games. Same thing for the Facebook page. I, I'll get more active on there, and I'm really sorry. I better get on there for the Super Bowl. I was just so into the games that I didn't even tweet or anything, and I'm, I'm really sorry. Plus, I had some other stuff going on at the same time, which can get a little exhausting. Yeah, it can. Uh, Sebastian says that episode number 108 was one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Joey, you are getting better every week. I really appreciate that, Sebastian. I do very much. I hope the listeners agree with you. I, I do. I'm trying to get better. I didn't know I was necessarily getting better, but Thank you for that. He uh, puts a post about the uh, Vikings have hired Alan Williams as the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And then we talked about him already. We'll see. I mean, I've made my opinion on him. We'll see what happens. Sebastian <laughs> with another Joey deal. <laughs> says, Frazier is active. Frazier is active, saying two good coaches. I looked up these guys. Good history. Good history. Joey. Let's pray Frazier is active in free agency. He's going to have to be, Sebastian. I mean, <laughs> he's going to have to be. Uh, but it's more or less uh, Mr. Spielman. Mr. Rick Spielman is going to have to be active in free agency. They've been inactive in free agency for a while. Like, remember my one of my shows a while back? I think it was two years ago where I wrote free agency. And? Yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't sign anybody. Eventually we got Favre, which was great, but it was like, this is kind of boring. Wahoo, you know? <laughs> In fact, actually, that was the 2010 free agency. They didn't do anything. Like, really? Come on. You know? Very inactive, very boring. Uh, but Sebastian is active. He's not inactive. He is active. He says, I'm so active nowadays because we have a bright light in our future because of the strong picks and new coaches and free agency. Yeah, I mean, the, the new coaches, uh, it could be a lame duck situation. That was what I was trying to allude to with the Allen Williams thing they wound up with an Allen Williams because you know, the Spagnolos and stuff didn't come here. Riharine Morris didn't come here because Leslie Fraser could be a lame duck coach, folks. Lame duck coach, he had a very very bad season as a head coach. I mean, it's just a fact. There's no other way around it. He had a very bad season. Uh, Of course, didn't get fired because it's one year and it wasn't like the whole team wanted him dead like like Brad Childress. Um, But yeah, he had a bad season and (laughs) he has another year like this, he's, he's, he's gone. So those guys did not want to, those extremely established names did not want to get stuck moving to a place, committing to a place with a guy who might get fired within a couple months. It could happen. Like, if we're to 1-7 in November or whatever it would be, he's probably dead. With <laughs> barring, like, the miracle, he's probably dead. And there's still a chance we could be that bad. I, I don't think we will be, but there's a chance, the possibility does exist and persist. Sebastian again says, congrats to former PAC offensive coach for surviving the loss of your son and becoming the head coach of Miami. So, Philbin, yep, I'll I'll give you an applause there for that. Yep, I mean, yeah. Congratulations to you and again, condolences with your son Joe. We gave him a moment of silence last week, Joe. And uh, again, rivalries set aside there not wishing any ill will to anybody it's not worth it it's just just not um, you can coach the enemy the enemy team and all that stuff but you're a person and that's what matters most end of discussion next topic just, oh my god what a miss what a miss i'd hate myself forever i was him last time i saw him miss a short kick it was in 09 in minnesota when we got to 6 and 0 i feel so bad for him or everyone else on the ravens that of course being uh, Cundiff of the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. You also talked about him on the on the call. I actually didn't even address that. Yeah. It's, he's a good kicker, but apparently he's not good in the big moment. You know, that's the key. It seems like he's, he's got Gary Anderson syndrome. I mean, you can make 9,000 kicks in a row, but if you can't kick the one that matters most, maybe you're not worth diddly. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to rub it into the guy, but hey, that does tell you something, you gotta make that kick, dude, I'm sorry, you gotta make it I feel bad for you I don't want to pile on (laughs) but I will pile one thing on, you gotta make it, (laughs) yeah that's very frustrating, but with that said I'm gonna, yeah, I'll save the other the other goat of the weekend we know who that is, oh we know who that SOB is, that played for the 49ers and what he did, (laughs) oh my god you know, I'll save it, I'll save it I'll save it Congrats, NYG, NYG and New England, New York Giants, New England, fun stuff. Told you so, everybody. I told you so. 2007 all over again. I was finally right about a playoff weekend, and I was, yep, I was perfect. Should have made some money this time, but again, I don't want to gamble. It's just not my style. Sports betting would be the most fun version of gambling, but yeah, right when I would get into it, it'd probably be screwing up again on everything. It's just the way it... Uh, but no, 2007, you could just feel this coming. And I'll get to my pick in the Super Bowl who's going to win it. You already know if you listened last week cuz I'm sticking to my guns this time. I ain't changing nothing. <laughs> I know who I'm picking to win and I think you guys know again. All I got to say is think 2007 all over again. That's all I got to say. End of discussion there. Sebastian says he's the only one posting. This is depressing. And yeah again. I was stuck watching the games so closely, I couldn't really, uh, I, I mean, I should have posted, and I really apologize for that. And I apologize to all those of you out listeners as well, because, hey, I mean, and it, it doesn't make my show, it doesn't help my show anyone. I'm not more active on my own Facebook page for Purple Mafia, so I do apologize for that. I do. Um, those of you, please do join Facebook.com forward slash Purple ma- uh, Mafia Show, it's all one word, facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show you join it by clicking like you just make the page bigger you make it more attractive on facebook when more of you click like not many people have been and i'm disappointed by that honestly because i know my listenership is larger than the response we're getting on facebook i'm not complaining to your listeners you're all human beings you deserve you know you you have a life of your own you have your own adult life, or, or youth life, whatever it is. But if you could, please do join the page. It takes you three seconds. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And then post. It's, 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 it's awesome. It really would be great to have that indeed. Oh, it would. And then I post something on there, a couple of things. You can look at it whenever. Sebastian adds one thing here. He actually posted it yesterday. He says, I was thinking, wide receiver Jenkins was supposed to make up for Sidney Rice. Did he do better or worse? It's like, hmm. well, <laughs> he says, Giants will beat Pats. Brady throws, we'll game losing interception. That's a legit possibility right there. Sure it is. It is a legitimate possibility. It is. And we'll see how that goes. It's going to be very, very interesting. Michael Jenkins, that's right, that's right. Uh, Michael Jenkins and Sidney Rice, well, both of them were hurt, apparently. I almost forgot about Jenkins, that's the funny part. He didn't really, uh, (laughs) he wasn't really around much in the end. He had an okay season. 466 yards, 38 catches, 3 touchdowns. Not that much, no, I mean, not much really to brag about there. Not really much to brag about. But it's just one of those deals. You know, I mean, Sidney Rice, again, he missed a lot of time with the Seattle Sea Chickens. Yes, he did. He was. He went under the knife. He was injured. We're happy for him. fact, he's actually going under the knife right now. Seattle Sea Chickens. Wahoo, right? Wahoo, indeed. Well, statistically, Rice had a couple less catches. with had 32, 484 receiving yards and two touchdowns. They both were nondescript, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, though I would never consider Michael Jenkins a replacement for Sidney Rice. Just a roster replacement, but not a athletic replacement. No. he, You know, he's not not a similar player. But whatever, it's just one of those deals, huh? You know, and no, again, that's not a complaint about anything. I guess he's just a roster replacement, and I'm sure that's what Sebastian meant there. And, uh, well, I guess you could say Michael Jenkins was better, considering expectations for one or the other. Uh, Michael Jenkins was better, yeah. A little bit, considering neither one of them had great quarterbacking coming their direction Sydney Rice, I mean it's just all about the money apparently and that's a shame to hear really it is so we'll close on that Facebook page thank you again those of you that have been posting on there over the course of time miss you guys, do join it again and right now ladies and gentlemen before I get to the stadium talk I'm sipping a pure LaCroix mineral water yeah, that's right, a pure one. This one has no uh, added flavor this time. No lemon, no lime, none of that. I have them in the fridge, but this time I'm sipping the pure one. Because the Vikings need to be purified. Yes, they do. Ah, LaCroix, mineral water. No, it is not a... <laughs> not an endorsement. Maybe someday it will be. LaCroix, anybody with LaCroix, if you're listening, give me a, <laughs> give me a message for somewhere. Yeah. Paladino live, live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. P A L A D I N O Live. All one word at Yahoo.com. And all you out there, also as well, you're more than welcome to email me there. <laughs> Just to talk, but of course, Facebook group. Yeah, all that good stuff. Oh, goody, the stadium. We're going to close the sta- this segment. Oh, goody. Now, ladies and gentlemen, according to our great governor, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, he's great, all right. Regardless of which way you lean, he's just great. <laughs> uh, Mark Dayton has, uh, well, he gave the Vikings an ultimatum today, folks. Good times. They now have one option for a stadium site, and of course, wouldn't you just know, it would be the one the Vikings want the least, the Metrodome site. Uh, the Vikings would lose a uh, projected $50 million should the Vikings be forced to uh, play in TCF Bank Stadium for three consecutive years? Because, well, funny when there's 25,000 less seats in the building, despite the fact that it is a very nice new building, and that it's outside, regardless of what you think about outside football, it kind of got Brett Favre killed with a concussion last time. That was actually the last time he ever played football. was on that frozen block of a field. Like, it was a block of ice, basically. <laughs> I mean, they... I mean. He <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised more people didn't get injured in that game. And the Vikings were worthless in that game. Worthless. Just totally worthless. I mean, talk so so much for the frozen home field advantage for, for the Vikings back in the old days, huh? Certainly didn't look like it that time around. Um, but no, that would be the Vikings' home for three years, according to uh, Mark Dayton and all these lawmakers and, and lobbyists and jackasses whatever. I... I... <laughs> It's hard to like politicians because you don't know what you're getting. You just don't. You can vote for somebody, they're not what you want, and then of course you you vote for somebody and you get the other guy, in there like Mark Dayton. You didn't, you know, you you wouldn't vote for him if you were paid to. But okay, and I'm sorry for, we getting way too uh, too detailed into that. But I'm just saying it's <laughs> it's just one of those deals. It's not happening, and it's too bad. Maybe he's doing good in other areas, but right now for the stadium, it's not, it's not working out. Uh, the whole thing that happened in the summer was extremely frustrating. Hey, he doesn't have a good record so far. I'll just leave it at that. Um, enough of politics talk, Joey. <sighs> but the first, but the stadium thing is getting beyond frustrating. I mean, this is getting silly. Apparently, the Basilica. You got the 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 Reverend over there. We don't want you risk. We don't want risk damaging the building and talks about how extensively about how we uh, don't want to have to close businesses that would have to relocate because of the, uh, you know, that temporarily closed business have to relocate for, uh, you know, because to, to make space for the new stadium and all oh, the Basilica might get damaged. Uh, I, I don't know. How, how often has that happen? I, I, I don't know. You build somewhat close to it. I'm not, again, I'm not really exactly sure how close they're talking. I can't imagine a stadium right on top of a church, though. I can't imagine that happening. I think they're being too paranoid. I don't think it would be that close. I'd like to see the blueprint in front of me, though, the whatever, but that's never going to happen, especially if the stadium's never going to be built there. We'll see what happens there. The Arden Hills one is probably even more frustrating, where they're like, there's no way we're even going to put this up without a referendum. And again, the people of Minnesota and the people of everywhere else in the entire country, even even in Green Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> which is really kind of funny, would pretty much vote down any type of tax increase to build a sports facility, which frustrates me. It does. I mean, okay, you don't want to pay for it and you don't want higher taxes, but how much of our taxes have been going to a bunch of BS for the last you know, whatever, for the last eternal amount of time. It's just like, this, you know, sure, not everybody in the, in the entire world likes sports and would go to the games, but a lot of people would. And I mean, a lot of people want this team to stay here. A lot of people want to go to the game. A lot of people buy merchandise for the team. A lot of people would go to the businesses around the stadium frequently. It benefits a lot of people here, folks. Whereas a lot of the a lot of the bureaucratic deals out there where most of our taxes tend to go to you know that we don't even know what the hell they are, and if we found out what they were, we'd probably not be happy that our money's going to it. Do I make myself clear <laughs> so it's like the whole idea about everybody automatically voting down a stadium for where you're maybe getting you're maybe it's like what like a half half percent or something. Uh, on sales taxes or something like that or probably on, you know, even more so on like just like when you buy merchandise for the team because you're a fan like a couple of cents extra here and there maybe, you know, here and there on a small purchase or a, or even a bigger purchase or so maybe a couple of cents extra and it's such a problem uh, I don't know I don't like raising taxes I'm sick of government taking money from people, quite frankly and putting it to things that don't benefit a Galdern person, <laughs> but <laughs> this is a, this is a worthwhile thing, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm getting a little bit too political here, and I apologize for those of you out there that might not want to hear too much of that. Um, it doesn't matter who I vote for or whatever. You didn't listen to the show to hear it, and it doesn't matter necessarily, but <laughs> I didn't really even necessarily make clear who I voted, who I voted for, but it's just one of those deals. I mean, I'm more of a Ron Paul type. There you go. That's all I need to say. Um, but <laughs> it's just you know you just kind of left throwing your hands up. Uh, multiple reports. Lester Bagley is like, yep, yeah, ex- says he's extremely frustrated. Ziggy so Wilf, same thing. Says he's extremely frustrated. And as Viking fan, I'm extremely frustrated. It's it's very it's it, it's Definitely a deal right there. It really is. Uh, Bagley insists that the Vikings are 100% focusing on getting it done in Minnesota. Oh, I hope so. I hope so, but I'm really frustrated. Uh, The Metrodome facility. Hey, you know what? Quite frankly, it's not my money. And if if building it on the Metrodome site is the best idea, fine. Uh, The location... For a stadium, well, people have asked more than once. And it's like, oh, absolutely, it's a good location. Of course it is. It's just, you know, you can't necessarily look someone in the eye and say, well, give up the $50 million in the next three years. You know, it, it's kind of hard to do that. Though then again, maybe they should be willing to do that because, quite frankly, yeah, uh, they are getting a lot of money from the state. So I guess, you know, with that one, <laughs> I can kind of see the equal frustration possibly from the state that maybe... Giving up $50 million is worthwhile a little bit considering you're getting a new stadium and your profitability will be going up anyway. Don't be too greedy. And I'm sure they'll find a way to generate more profitability in the TCF Bank Stadium than they have right now. Maybe it won't be as bad as it looks at the time being. Maybe not. Maybe the projections are a load of BS. Uh, though I'm sure, yeah, you do the math 65 minus 40,000 leaves you with 25 missing there doesn't it so 25k that's a lot of seats um but it is a more high tech a more new facility it's they're about 30 years newer about 28 years newer really to be exact 28 27 years newer so i can kind of see both sides on that deal because it's a great site for football the metrodome site is a great site for football you're still you'll be in downtown minneapolis the parking isn't nearly as good there. <laughs> no, the parking sucks. For the, that's the one thing. Target Field is better because they're right by... Target Field and Target Center, they're right by like a bajillion ramps that they put there. Um, Arden Hills, the parking would be the best of the best. You got your New England Patriots type place, which would be great, you know, like Foxborough for the New England Patriots. That That is the most ideal for the Vikings, but they are just not cooperating over there in Ramsey County. And to me, I'm a little bit miffed by that. Just a little bit because it's like, you know, your city's going to go from Arden Hills, which I... Uh, you know, what what's Arden Hills do you think of? Arden Hills, Minnesota or Arden Hills, Michigan? That's right. <laughs> That's right. The Arden Hills, Michigan, right? Uh-huh. Well, it could be Arden Hills, Minnesota too, baby. Yes, it could. Bloomington is a big bleeping city. It was cornfields before, before Med Stadium went there. So again... Why they're being such jerks about it? I don't know. (laughs) They just are. That's why the North Stars left. That's why the Timberwolves almost left. Uh, That's why the Lakers left. They're so gall-darn cheap here. Everybody's kind of crying and whining about we don't want to build sports facilities. I'm just... If we lose the Vikings, it ain't going to be good. I'm just telling you. And you guys want to show off and brag and say we don't need sports. Ha, ha, ha. There's plenty of other things to do. Great we're happy for you. I disagree. You know, I mean, yes, there's plenty of things to do, but uh, that would be a big loss. It would be very disappointing and frustrating. It would. It, it's just, it's, it's a BS attitude, and it's a nan-nana-boo-boo like fourth grader attitude that I think can burn in hell, quite frankly. I'll end with that very harsh statement. <laughs> so with that, we are going to take us a quick break, and we will be right back to review the playoff games and preview the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. back here on Proble Mafia, episode number 109, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MP3 players like the Microsoft Zune and such. Thank you again for listening to the show. Very, very cool indeed. Well, we're done talking Viking football again and talked about it a lot longer than I expected, but hey, when it comes to stadium talk, you're going to get a little bit of rants here and there, probably. Now it's off to the, well, uh, I'm going to use the word again, epic weekend we experienced in the AFC and NFC Championship games, respectively. We will start with them in chronological order. The New England Patriots defeat the Baltimore Ravens 23-20 in the AFC Championship game in an absolute thriller, ladies and gentlemen. An absolute thriller. Uh, The the, the New England Patriots, as I predicted, finally got over the Baltimore Ravens a little bit here. I mean, the Ravens have been a very tough matchup for the New England Patriots the past three years. Uh, In the 2008, I believe it was 2009 playoffs, it was like, hey, the Patriots are done. They're done. They're dead. Ravens kicked their butt. They're off to the second round. But then the Ravens got stunned by, I believe it was the Jets, in a very tough game there for them. Or was it the Colts? I don't remember. Too long ago to really care at this point because neither team went on to win the Super Bowl there, win the Super Bowl there we know who won it, it was, yeah it should have been the other purple and gold team but it wasn't Um, New England Patriots did not play that great, in fact, but they were able to get this thing done yes, they were Um, a lot of people would come in and say either one of these two teams could go on and win the Super Bowl that maybe this was the Super Bowl but quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen I think uh, the second round game between New York and Green Bay was the true Super Bowl, folks I've been I was kinda of quietly thinking that all along. New York Giants are probably gonna to go to Green Bay, you know, because they'll beat Atlanta. Oh, they'll beat them, especially being there at home, you know, regardless, you know, if they want a home playoff game or not. New York Giants were gonna beat them and then there you go, there's the ultimate matchup. The one team that could knock Green Bay out, the miracle New York Giants team, which I did say, you know, I didn't pick them to win, but I said if anybody could beat them, it's the Giants. They did. That was the true Super Bowl. And it kind of showed you, in my opinion, and it kind of showed you who uh, won the Super Bowl pretty handily in Green Bay. Yeah. But with that said, <laughs> the New England Patriots and or Baltimore Ravens would pose as good a threat as anybody. In fact, I do think either one of them will actually play better than the Green Bay Packers did about uh, two weeks ago now. No, well, a week and a half ago. It wasn't two weeks ago. Two A week and a half ago now, um, the I think the Ravens and/or Patriots would pose a more a bigger threat to the New York Giants than the Packers did. Uh, the Patriots' defense is way better than it's been in the past couple of years. Uh, Tom Brady had another amazing season. Did not have a very good game, but the but the Patriots still took care of business. They still won the game. Though, unfortunately, in both cases, in both cases, in each you know each game, there was a goat. <laughs> there was a goat in each game, and it's unfortunate. Either team that lost the games this past weekend goes home really really hungry for more i mean really feeling a little bit cheated honestly feeling a lot like the 2009 vikings you know i mean you can't tell me for one second that the 2009 vikings don't don't shouldn't have felt a little bit cheated in that game i mean adrian peterson screwed them over in that game in a lot of ways and the saints cheap very cheap physically uh, well yeah it's good to be physical but very uh, <laughs> dirty style. You know, the, they, they kind of cheated a little bit, and the Vikings deserve to feel a little bit cheated. The Patriots didn't cheat, but their kicker blew a, an easy kick. He blew a very easy kick. 31 yards in this game, folks. And, uh, yep, mul- touched on multiple times by Sebastian Balls. Um, this was not a very exciting football game at all. It was a lot more defensive and, and gritty, and it actually does make you believe that. I mean, this victory right here for the Patriots does show you that this team has grown the past few years since the 2007 Super Bowl. Um, in 2008, the Patriots were... <laughs> well, they were dead because Matt Castle was quarterback. He wasn't terrible. They went on and had an 11-5 and season, but they missed the playoffs with an 11-5 and record, which is amazing. Uh, Brady Torres his ACL I believe in the first game of the season. And that was all she wrote. He came back uh, had decent numbers, but not great numbers after the injury, and they got demolished by Baltimore in their own hometown. Uh, Baltimore has proven to be one of the best road teams of all time in the playoffs the past few years. Uh, the Giants are the other one; they they are the best probably. <laughs> and the Packers were phenomenal last year. They could not win a home game. Again, the only team to go 15 and one and not make the the Super Bowl, not even not not only not make a Super Bowl but not make the NFC or AFC Championship game a big, big defeat for the Packers, historically. Uh, enough of that, though. I keep talking about it. The real point here that I'm trying to make, New England has matured here, because they were able to take out two pretty physical defenses. Uh, they crushed the Denver Broncos defense in submission with that 45-7 game, I believe. No, f- whatever the score was. Excuse me, you know, 40-10. They crushed them. They sent them packing big time. Uh, the Patriots did not crush the Baltimore Ravens, but they beat them. They did beat them. Uh, they did deserve. They do deserve to go to the Super Bowl. They outlasted a team with a great defense and a very good clutch young quarterback in Joe Flacco, a very large quarterback in Joe Flacco. They overcame Baltimore's physical style, and that does raise the possibility that the New York New York Giants, the New York the New England Patriots, can win the Super Bowl this this coming week because they were finally able to play, to play, keep up with a physical football team. They really haven't had to deal with that very much, to be honest. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were fairly physical in the Super Bowl a few years, uh, several years now. The Carolina is a physical team, but that that was a long time ago. The Patriots were just way, way too good. And of course the Rams were not necessarily very physical. They were good, but not very physical. And the underdog Patriots took care of business there. Um, uh, that was really the beginning of the underdog team winning the Super Bowl, to be honest, was that year, <laughs> the 2001. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, it, it does show, though, that the Patriots, I mean, they have definitely matured as that team. They have. They, they didn't win with just offense, 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 offense. I mean, their defense did a phenomenal job in this football game. It, it really did. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm was very impressed with that. It wasn't a fun game to watch, particularly but they got it done. And uh, this this Ellis guy, the running back of the Patriots, did a phenomenal job. I mean, he just got through. He, he, he averaged almost five yards a carry. You know, you look at his stats and you see that. But, I mean, I could have told you that without even looking at the stats because it seemed like every time he touched the ball, boom, another five yards. <laughs> it's like you just hand off the ball and get five yards. Boy, oh, boy. I mean, you're probably not going to lose the football game. He only had 15 rushes and almost 70 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Green, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, very good, very good running back. He's, he's done a very good job there. Uh, Woodhead had a fumble that could have really killed the the uh, Patriots, but it ended up not being the case. Kind of missing that 31-yarder was inexcusable, inexcusable. Like I said in the previous segment, you gotta make it, man. You gotta make that kick. You gotta be. The guy you got You want to be a kicker for a professional football team. You just might wind up in the situation. I mean, this should be a dream situation for you, young man, Billy Cundiff. This should be a dream situation for you. You're in. You're, you're you. can kick your team into the Super Bowl, or well, uh, well, it wasn't to kick the team into the Super Bowl, but keep the game tied to help your team get to the Super Bowl. Maybe you'll get a chance to kick the game-winning field goal later. But you you, you got to make it, man. You got to. 31 yards is a chip shot kick. Gotta make it, Bob. (laughs) He didn't. And he just, that's just all there is to it. I'm glad his his teammates were fairly friendly to him. That's good. That's cool but again, I mean, not good. But the outcome was not cool. I mean, if I'm one of the Baltimore Ravens players I feel a little bit cheated by that. And I think uh, John Harbaugh did as well because I read his lips when he watched that kick. This is what he said, and those of you out there that don't want to hear me swear, don't uh, or yep, pause it or forward through this little part here. But John Harbaugh watched the kick, and I just read his lips, kind of almost aboard, like, "Oh, that's bullshit. That's bullshit." Yeah. Oh, he he just said it the first. He said it the second, the way I said it the second time. Just that's bullshit. Forgive me for saying it three times, <laughs> but and. uh, <laughs> You know, I I would have felt the same way. Like, we were that... Cl- oh, great. We're going home. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. You, you know, you got to make that, okay? God love you, but you got to make it. So, that's pretty much my conclusion there. Patriots showing strength. They're going to be a very tough opponent for the New York Giants. Here we go. NFC, an even better game. Even better. Uh, the scoring, not as exciting with the Saints and Niners and not as exciting with the Packers. And pa- Packers and Giants... The scoring was not as exciting in this game, but the game itself was a thriller. Yes, it was. A lot of back and forth, a lot of grinded out style out there. The Giants' defense is awesome. The 49ers' defense is awesome. The Patriots' defense is awesome. And the Ravens' defense is awesome. So, it's like either way, one of these teams is going to absolutely deserve to be in the big show and, and win it. I mean, any one of these four teams... I would, be, I would be happy to say, hey, this team went out there and got the job done and they, they earned the championship this year. It's going to end up being New England or uh, New York unfortunately for San Francisco and Baltimore. I mean, a lot of people wanted San Francisco Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Uh, Paul Tuna versus Canif, one of them. Could we watch this game? Yeah. E- Eli Manning is the real deal. He is. Uh, Alex Smith was okay. Not great. The Niners' offense was not that impressive, to be honest. Certainly not as good as it was against the Saints, but again, you got to remember, the New York Giants' defense is a whole different ballgame than one of the worst secondaries of all time in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We have a 9-7 team in the Super Bowl that is. a lot of us are picking to win this thing in the New York Giants. Of course, the final score, 20-17 in overtime. Um, a lot of us are picking the Giants because of they're that miracle team. They're the miracle on turf. They are. I mean, they're. They are kind of, in a way, right now. And forgive me for saying these words. Of course, they're not swearers, though some Viking fans might think they are. But right now, I mean, New, the New York Giants are, in a lot of ways, America's team. In a lot of ways, they are. With the way that they're the ultimate underdog, they wear the red, white, and blue, or blue, red, and white, whatever, you know. But yeah, those colors together. But so do the Patriots. Like you could say they're America's team too. But America doesn't really seem to want to get behind the Patriots. They, they don't. They seem to want to get behind the New York Giants. They certainly did in the 2007 Super Bowl, and they probably will in this one. They probably will. But to get back to the actual NFC Championship game, these two teams absolutely gutted it out back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it's just one of those kind of games where you take what you get. You take what you get, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there were some defensive lapses here and there. Very few and far between. But the teams would, you know, every time they scored, it seemed like, oh, man, it's like getting a, getting bludgeoned to death. It's like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Oh, man. Oh, where was the defense there? You know, like the Vernon Davis touchdown was like that, 73 yards. Vernon Davis, you could say, has been the playoff MVP. <laughs> Absolutely. For the whole postseason, Two touchdowns in this game. Again, unbelievable. Um, and I'll touch on this as well. Lawrence Tynes, you know, when you are talking about the kickers, I'm bouncing around a little bit, but it's still the same topic. Uh, he's a guy who missed a kick. He's a guy who missed a kick. A big kick in that Green Bay Packers game back in 2007. Right? But it wasn't the big one. It wasn't the kick to win the game. It was an important kick that the Giants needed, doggone it. You know, and that was when Tom Coughlin, the famous bit when he was just yelling, come on, come on, come on. Like some people took it as Coughlin was screaming at him saying, come on, you got to make that. But other people may have took it, but other people may have seen it. And I look at it as he was saying, dude, keep your head up. He was basically in a way of telling Lawrence Tynes to keep his head up. You know, we need you later. And that's the thing. Lawrence Tynes did miss a kick, a couple of kicks in that game. And it was like, you got to be kidding me. you got to make those kicks. But did he make the one he had to make? Did he make the one where the stars were shining brightest? When the Giants were in that field goal range with no time left? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And did he make it in the Super Bowl? Yes, he did. That's the difference between times and guys like Cundiff, guys like Gary Anderson, and many others. Uh, the, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills kicker who had to make a 21-yard field goal the New York Giants won the Super Bowl by two points in 1990. Man, I'm telling you, that would drive a fan base to insanity. Insanity. You you have to make that kick. You have to. There's no excuse. Lawrence Tynes did. Yep, Cundiff didn't. Ironically, Lawrence Tynes made a 31-yard field goal to put the Giants up 10 to 7 at the end of the half a uh, defensive breakdown by the Niners, and it's like, yeah, the Giants are right in it. A lot of people could say the Niners outplayed the Giants, but no, they didn't. No, You know, nobody outplayed either one in this game. There's one key thing, though. <coughs> Excuse me. one key thing that I'm... That's, that cost the Niners the game. It absolutely did. It was the kick returner, ladies and gentlemen, and you know it. You know it was. Uh, defensive lapses here and there, but really the defense for the 49ers played their freaking hearts out, and they probably wanted Kyle Williams to be just they probably wanted to kill him. I bet they wished he was a quarterback with no offensive line. They could just run at him and hit him as hard as they can, and not give a damn how hard he hits the ground, because when you work as hard as you can, you put your heart out there every day. (laughs) In those hot hot August summer days in, in training camp, getting your butt kicked by your coaches, You go all the way this far. Have such a great season when you've been such a struggling franchise for so long, despite being a dynasty about, you know, 18 to 25, 30 years ago. You worked so hard to have this season. You're so close to the Super Bowl. And the guy, you know, gives up 10 points in a game that finished, the final score was 20 to 7 his mistakes literally handed the New York Giants 10 points. They were not forced turnovers. They were unforced turnovers. You could kind of say, well the second one was knocked out by the the Giants uh, uh, kick coverage team. Yes. I'm not sure what the player's name was. Not, Not too worried about it right now. But Kyle Williams, ladies and gentlemen, the first one was a complete unforced error. When you have a football bouncing around violently you don't go near it. You just stay away from the ball. Let the Giants pin him back at the 10, the 15. You just stay the bleep away from the ball. Ah. (laughs) Obviously you don't call fair catch unless you're going to catch it because then it's an absolute live ball. You could put yourself to death there, but Kyle Williams may as well have done that. And yes, the ball touched him. It touched him. The ball was bouncing in his direction and all of a sudden it changed direction. If there's a soul out there that tells you that ball did not touch Kyle Williams. Oh, it did. <laughs> Physics don't lie, folks. Ball don't lie. Charles Barkley. <laughs> ball don't lie. It doesn't. It's going left or yeah, it was going yeah, if we'll say we'll project from the way the ball the direction the ball was heading, it was going left. All of a sudden it's going right slightly. Uh-huh. The ball touched him. It lost a lot of its momentum. Giants recover, immediately score a touchdown. A pass to Mario Manningham. This was all in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the Giants, the Niners were leading fourteen to ten. That's a good score. That's a nice lead. A field goal doesn't even tie the game. But Kyle Williams, the Giant, the Niners make it, uh, just work their ass off to get a stop. Just work their ass off to get that stop. And Kyle Williams doesn't get out of the way. Get away from the ball. Ball is immediately recovered by the Giants. Moments later, touchdown to Mario Manningham. And uh, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom, 17-14. Niners luckily (laughs) very, I mean, the Niners almost, almost get a touchdown. Couldn't couldn't finish, though. David Akers, chip shot, field goal to tie her up. Off to overtime we go after a couple of efforts, tough efforts by the two teams. The defenses were just unbelievable. Getting sacks, several sacks of, of, uh, Alex Smith and uh, Eli Manning. Just unbelievable pressure to the quarterbacks in both games. Just phenomenal defenses. They worked their hearts out. The new rules are, are very cool, you know. A field goal does not win the game and I wish the Vikings had that in 2009 but the way the defense was suddenly starting to play and after that horribly de- de- depressing interception by Favre we probably we probably odds are we probably wouldn't have won the game, but maybe, maybe we would have, maybe, because the Saints defense wasn't that great, it was just cheap, (laughs) but um, you exchange a couple deals, the Niners make a great stop, here you go, now all you need, because after the first deal, all you need is a field goal, maybe you get in field goal range, maybe you get, maybe Davis somehow gets open, maybe Alex Smith is able to run for a couple of first downs. Something could happen. Some fluke play. Some mishap by the Giants. Just something. And you see the San Francisco 49ers back in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1994. But wait. Kyle Williams has the ball. And the ball is... Was it high and tight? Oh, absolutely not. Did he have two hands in the ball? Oh, sure. But he was holding it like he was like going to hand it off, hand it off to somebody almost. <laughs> okay, not quite that bad. But he fumbled again. He fumbled again. The Giants merely had to just run the ball a couple times, maybe a little short pass, and it was an absolute chip shot for Lawrence Tynes. Ironically, a 31-yarder. Did he make it? You bet he did. <laughs> and Kyle Williams, the, the goat of the weekend, without a doubt. Cundiff, very, very, very frustrating that you didn't make that kick for those Baltimore Ravens, and you're a goat. <laughs> Absolutely, you're a goat. you got to make that kick. But Kyle Williams... <laughs> If I were you, I'd cut you today. I'm sorry. I, 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 I mean, that team worked too hard for that type of BS. Adrian Peterson, <laughs> I wanted to cut Adrian Peterson. I was so pissed off at him. And you guys heard how, <laughs> you guys heard my emotions in the summer of 2010 at Adrian Peterson with this guy. I'm probably overreacting to Kyle Williams, but then again, when you look at his numbers, who cares? He was a six-round pick, 241 yards, three touchdowns. Get out of here. I'd cut him. Somebody else could pick him up. Maybe he's better somewhere else. Go ahead and go ahead and do that. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. I cut him today if I could. I may, you know, this he's he's out. No excuse. Maybe he shouldn't have been the guy returning anyway. Maybe not. But regardless, <laughs> it's just the way it goes. It's, it's very unfortunate. It sure is it sure sure is so with that that's pretty much it with the uh, the game re- the game reviews <laughs> lots of emotion in those games i mean there it was a very emotional game you know i mean i didn't really i, I like the giants and the niners in this game i'd be happy for either one you just hate to see a team lose like that they worked so hard that whole game the whole season and to have the the ball literally given away by a role player that no one's even heard of you know no one's heard of Kyle williams really Unless you're from Arizona State. (laughs) Yeah. Who cares about Kyle Williams? Terrible. Very frustrating. End of story. (sighs) End of story. So now we go to the Super Bowl. And uh, you know what, folks? How can you not expect more of the same? It's going to be a grind it, gut it out, last second, end end of the season victory for the New York Giants. Yes, it is. the New York Giants are going to win the game by three points. They're going to win the game by three points. The Patriots absolutely can win the game. (laughs) They absolutely can. I'm not going to try to be like, oh, see, I picked the Patriots. No, I did not pick the Patriots. No, I did not pick the Giants to beat the Packers. But I told you the Giants absolutely can beat the Packers, and they're the only team that can. Well, the Patriots... The Patriots did not beat the Giants last time, and I don't think they will again. So, I'm not going to get fooled again by the Patriots, and if they go on to win it, hey, more power to them. I'll, I'll, I'm going to be rooting for the Patriots. They've been my second favorite team since 2001. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I jumped on that little deal when the Patriots started to, when I started to see Tom Brady instead of Drew so It's like, hey, this team's kind of fun to watch. They were more than fun to watch. They became one of the one of the better dynasties in the league. And uh, they have a shot at their fourth Super Bowl. This may be their last chance at it. Kind of an aging team. Who knows what's going to happen? If they win it, they'll absolutely deserve it. Like, this was their year. They finally pulled it off. I mean, they were the number one seed in the AFC. Very deserving team to win a championship with that number one seed. Established coach, established uh, quarterback, established receivers, and a very nice running back in Ellis. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I I think it's going to be more the same. We're going to be looking at like a mm, 24 to 21 type type of deal with the New York Giants, ultimately holding the Vince Lombardi once again. History repeats itself, folks. The Giants are miracle workers. Tom Coughlin is an awesome coach. He is. Bill Belichick is an awesome coach, but Tom Coughlin has his number, I think. Maybe not like his number, like, oh, he just owns him. Because the Patriots were winning that football game with with less than a minute left. But they had a defensive lapse. Oh my, was it a defensive lapse for those uh, for those New England Patriots at the end. You know, in a funny way, they scored too quickly. They did. And I mean, you look at Eli Manning's season, it it was unbelievable. He had almost 5,000 yards. 4,000, 4,000 the previous two years. 4,000 each year, A lot of people don't think of Eli Manning as this explosive quarterback but you look at his stats the guy's the real deal he is he's a great quarterback he is and he's gonna I think he's gonna go down as the better Manning ladies and gentlemen maybe not on paper but in the playoffs the playoffs what really matter you remember mr. October in baseball you remember the great players in June like Jordan was the best player ever so that's all you know for when it comes to basketball But still, you remember the guys that go out there and win. And Eli Manning does put up legitimate numbers. I mean, I think he's, I think the day's going to come, Eli Manning will be in the Hall of Fame. His brother will be without a doubt. I mean, his numbers are off the charts. Ridiculously unbelievable. He's an all-time top five, top six legend. But Eli Manning, yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think he's going to at least have two Super Bowls to his name. Maybe more. And he will deserve each and every one of them, because he gets it done. He absolutely does. It was kind of unfortunate for the Giants that they couldn't get it done with the 13 and 3 record in 2008. We'll see how much they ride the high, just like the Packers did with the 15 and 1 record. They rode the high of having that underdog championship type se- championship season, 10 and 16, just like the 2007 Giants. They rode the high into the next year at a ridiculously great record. Lost right away. First round bye, done. The Giants did it in '08. The Packers did it in 2011. We'll see what the Giants do. Should they go on and win the Super Bowl? Will they have another? Will they ride another high and fall apart again? Or will they have a legitimate shot of going back to back? We'll find out when the time comes. But as of right now, the host of Purple Mafia ain't going against the New York Giants. I'm just not gonna do it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. With that, we are going to get to the contact details. Again, available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Appreciate it always oh so very much that you're here listening. We'd like you to join those message boards. Simply click, Simply go to the front page of the website, click on the button that says TSS Boards, then click Register. Get that screen name, have it make some sense you know, not make something crazy get something cool like Eli Manning number 10, nah okay, whatever I'm not trying to worship him too much <laughs> but you know, get something cool and uh, get on there get on those boards, they're split the forums are split up into divisions in the NFL, which is a good idea by John Richardson makes it more and more interesting why not? I mean, what's the point of message boards? To have a conversation well, if you're going to talk with rivals on, a, on occasion, that's a good way to have conversation, isn't it? Team, uh, you know, fellow fellow fans and rivals. Very, very cool. Good idea by Dylan Richardson. Um, also, again, don't forget the Facebook page and Twitter account. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Of course, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209 736 Again, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you are calling into, which is Purple Mafia. Statement, shout out, question, comment, opinion, opine. Very cool. You'll be on here with me, just like Sebastian was. Let's get some callers. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. There will be no show next week. There will be no show next week unless some huge Vikings news breaks, like a stadium bill is passed. Then I'll do a show. Oh, there will be a special if a stadium bill is passed. It's going to have to be soon because the lease is up in February, ladies and gentlemen. It's up. It's over. I'm glad they built the new roof, but let's get things uh, let's get things rolling here. Kind of a shame to think they tear it down right after building a new roof and having a new turf and everything. I mean, the new roof looks kind of cool, honestly. But <laughs> if if hey, if they're willing to do it, then. I don't know. They're losing money too, Minnesota Vikings. So that might be another that might that is another interesting angle to look at things. Yeah. Mhm. And you're going to be gaining money in the end. So anyhow, enough for that. Again, no, yeah, no show unless big news breaks. Have a great uh, week off. Watch the Pro Bowl if you want to. If you don't watch it, <laughs> ain't going to be no complaints for me. I'd rather watch the NBA, quite frankly, than the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, the NBA is a lot more fun than watching a. Meaningless All-Star Game, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, or the NHL, but uh, yeah, you get the idea. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon. Do call in, probably. Uh, do call in to talk about anything you want. You know, anything. It'll be great. Until then, though, do take care. We'll be back for episode number one hundred and ten in about oh whatever thirteen days, fourteen days. Take care, everybody.